0: Welcome to The Well Podcast, a safe place to find health and wholeness for your body, mind, and heart. My name is Kari Davis. Growing up a pastor's daughter, being widowed at 38 with three little kids, being betrayed by those close to me, and now blending my family with a man that made my heart come back to life. I know that life can change and get derailed, but come to The Well, our online wellness collaborative where you will find restoration through wellness, inner healing, faith, and freedom. In the Bible, the woman at The Well went for water, but when Jesus showed up with truth and healing, she got living water. So grab your bucket, a cup will not do, and join me at The Well. It's time to refill, reset, and restore. Are you like me? Are you in the thick of teenage life? I just had my biological son turn 13 a couple weeks ago. My stepdaughter will be 13 in August, and then I have a 17 year old and a 19 year old. So four out of five kids are smack dab in the middle of this craziness we call teenage life. And I posted something on my Instagram story the other day and I couldn't believe the response. Um, So many people were reaching out that it resonated so much. It said, when your teen hangs out in the kitchen, or lingers in a doorway, or plops down on the couch, for the love of everything, drop what you are doing. I'm not kidding. Drop everything. Your to-do list can wait. Heck, a house fire can wait. Just sit in his presence a while. Soak him up. Listen to what he has to say. Whatever you do, do not break eye contact. Listen to me, take this time with him. So whether you have a daughter or a son, um, I wanted to share today some things that are kind of my key takeaways from these last couple years. When my oldest Aiden was going off to college, um, I talked about this quite a bit, but I think part of a holistic life is making sure that our kids are okay and you can have a non-toxic home and you can do your self-care but we are only as okay as mothers as our children are, aren't we? Um, I butchered that quote, but I think that it's really good that if one of our children are not doing well, we are not doing well. And so when it comes to teenagers, I have learned a couple things. And we're coming up on Mother's Day again. If you go back to episode 76, Uh, last Mother's Day I did the nine lessons I've learned from having kids and in motherhood and that was a really fun list and it's honestly good for me to go back and look at that when I'm overwhelmed or it feels like I'm failing as a mom or I'm feeling like things are not going the way that I wish but today I really want to talk about teenagers and honestly teenage daughters in particular because I think that they have a really really unique story And us as moms have a unique reference point to them. We were once teenage daughters. I can't relate to my sons the same way that I can to my daughters. And so when it comes to your daughter, I think it's so important to remember what it was like. Now, I am 46, so that was about 30 years ago. But it doesn't feel like 30 years ago. It feels like it was two weeks ago. I remember laying in my room and crying and looking at myself in the mirror, Um, you know, how girls are kind of like sadistic like that, like we watch ourselves cry sometimes, or my eyes would change color, and I would, kind of being dramatic, but I remember my mom coming in and asking what was wrong, and I, I was just like, I have no idea. I was probably hormonal, I had so many things coming at me that I didn't know how to manage, and she gave me the word unsettled. She said, are you just unsettled? And I was like, yes, that's it. I'm just unsettled. There's nothing wrong, but there's nothing really right either. You're finding your place in this world. So we have to remember that as moms to get behind their eyes, to get in their shoes, to remember that it was a big deal if A snotty popular girl at lunch kind of gave us a dirty look or if the boy that we liked ignored us when they walked us by us in the hall or if our boyfriend didn't text us back when they thought that we were they were going to we didn't have texting of course but everything that these kids are going through they have so much more information available to them but we're the same we're human those emotions those hormones those insecurities. All of those are just the human experience. And so maybe spend some time in the morning in your quiet time, in your prayer time. I think it's so powerful to, a lot of times when I pray, I just pray generally over my children, but specifically to get in the mind of your daughter and to pray specifically that God guard her heart and remember what it was like so first thing is just to remember, remember everything coming at her and try to relate because they're going to think that we're out of touch. They're going to think, how many times have your kids said, you don't get it. The world's different today, right? They think that we were totally not who we are right now and that we, you know, you, be, you become a mother and you lose all touch of everything. But we do remember, but sometimes we need to remind ourselves to do so. Now the second one is what that post that I posted on Instagram talked about, is to be available. In the last couple years, I have had to change my schedule completely because my teenagers get home, the ones in high school get home at 2.20 in the afternoon. And when I was at my office or I was out running errands at that time, I would miss that golden hour. For me, it's like the golden teenage hour. They don't talk to me a lot at night. They don't talk in the morning. I mean, all I get in the morning is grunts and, bye mom, love you, you know, so heartfelt. (laughs) But in the afternoon, there's a lot that's gone on at school, they're awake, and that was the time that I learned that I needed to be home. And so it was not necessarily the most conducive for my business (laughs) or the errands that I had to run, but at least more than half of the week I would make sure that I was home for that time and if I'm in my office my daughter will still come in and if I'm not just like looking at my phone or looking at my computer working if I give her any kind of invitation she'll start to tell me about her day and so just like that that post said is just drop everything when they want to talk because she'll tell me what happened at the lunch table or what somebody said to her or what her plans are for the weekend or just sometimes act like a little girl again. We'll just kind of like, what are you doing? Or if we're not available, Teenagers don't fight for us. (laughs) We try to fight for them, and our fighting doesn't even really work. You know, if you've ever tried to go into a teenager's room, if they're talking to their friends or watching a show, they are not very responsive. And so, to really be available for them, not only physically, but also emotionally, they need to feel really, really valued at this age. There's so many things telling them that they're not enough. They are not the Instagram posts that they see. They're not their number of followers. They're told so much what they need to do to get into college, to make the team, to be friends with the group of friends that they want to be. There's so many things that they're told that they're not, that we need to be there to be available emotionally and physically for them. And then number three is to really listen. Now, listening and hearing are two different things. I'm sure you know the definitions of those. But really hearing the heart behind what they say. And at these ages, we kind of need to be a child psychologist. I mean, as a certified life coach, I am not trained (laughs) to understand full teenage speak. But if I'm combining one and two if i'm combining remembering being that age and then just being available i can really hear the heart behind what they're saying sometimes and then be really slow to give opinions if we just start rattling off well that's why you should this or yeah i have i experienced that you should do this or you should do this if we should on them they are going to run ask probing questions those questions like, oh, I don't remember that. You know, play dumb about something. Oh, what do you mean? Um, you know, who, who said that? Or, or how did they say it? Or did they say it exactly like that? Or whatever it is, get them talking more to get more details and be slow to give your opinion. But that leads me to number four. Oh, this one chokes me up. When you have been available to them and you've really listened you are able to speak truth to them. If you have their love cup filled up, if you have spent that quality time or with my daughter, it's definitely shopping or just running errands. Even if one of us is not buying anything, sometimes I'll just ask her to go to the grocery store with me. Like, tell me what you want for lunches this week. Um, Go to Ulta. If you have a, a girl that loves makeup and products, take her to Ulta or Sephora. They just absolutely love looking around. Um, Go to the mall, go to different stores. So much of the time we're so busy with our own errands that we're not just like looking at what they like or what they're interested in. And especially when it comes to self-image, you get a lot of intel of what they say about themselves or their bodies or what other people are doing. You know, you get so much intel from those things. So the fourth thing is to be able to teach truth. Truth. If you have built passport with your child, if they trust you, if they know that you are for them and you're not just always giving what they have to do or or your opinion about everything, you are able to give them the truth. And sometimes the truth is really hard, um, but it is so, so vital to be through the lens of who God says they are and then also to just be normalizing that we are all struggling that we all need help from time to time so whether this is saying you know i think that there are some thoughts that are getting jumbled up or a life experience that you've experienced that are getting your thoughts about how you feel about yourself or about god off track i think it's time to talk to a therapist talk to a counselor so maybe just normalizing that i know a lot of my friends with teenagers We see things kind of going awry, but we're afraid to make them feel like there's something wrong with them. So what if we just normalized that we all have to do mental health checks from time to time? Um, That is a major part of teaching truth is that we all can get off track and need to be grounded in God's word, but also in the truth of how we can be healthy mentally, physically, and spiritually. Um, and so, and and maybe you don't feel like it's to that point where they do need to talk to someone, but asking some of those probing questions. And if you need some of those, I would be happy to send you one of my coaching forms that I use that you might be able to slip into conversation with your teenagers. Um, but walking them through a process of kind of navigating their toxic thoughts. If you're out shopping and you hear that they're like, I'm fat, or I'm ugly, or one of those things. Having some tools to be able to capture their toxic thought that they are thinking and help them to find the truth in it, help them to find solutions in it, help them to find the lies in it, is just so vital. So this teaching truth, of course, is the hardest part of parenting. It is so, so difficult But it also really needs to be intentional. And so maybe there's some things that you can just tell is off with your child. Maybe there are some thoughts that they have been telling themselves or that, God forbid, someone in their life is speaking poison to them. To get to the bottom of those is so, so important. Because when it comes to relationships, their significant others, if they're dating, their closest friends, some of what they are saying to your child is, is totally molding who they are and who they think they are. And so it is just so important to be having these deeper conversations where you can teach what is true about them and do them a favor. Just like I say in affirmations, how affirmations are just too general, that your brain knows the difference if your heart doesn't believe it. Same with your kids. Don't just say to your daughter, Oh, no, no, you're beautiful, you're this, you're that if they're struggling with something you just kind of putting a band-aid of calling them nice things is not enough if they are speaking toxic thoughts to themselves if they truly truly feel insecure about different things or if someone has spoke negative things to them you have to go in and dig out those cancers and find it so whether it's you or a coach or a professional it is so so important to uncover some of those toxic experiences and thoughts that have been spoken to them and a lot of them are just from culture they're just comparing themselves just like we do as moms to the perfect pinterest mom or the perfect instagram mom they're doing that on steroids they're not as busy as us they have so much more time to be feeding this poison into their brains and then to, to just make it a safe place when they are in relationships that they will tell us certain comments that are being made. Some of them are just simple. I've noticed with my daughter, you know, her and her boyfriend have just worked out different ways to communicate better over the years, but it used to be pretty, not totally dysfunctional, but just not effective communication. And so to teach your daughter how she should expect to be treated to model that in your relationship of how you talk to her, how her father figure talks to her, how her brothers talk to her is just so so important. So just like how we make a list of non-negotiables in our relationships and our self-care, let's model that to our daughters. Make the lists of non-negotiables that you want her to come away with from your home speak those over her, speak them to her, um, normalize praying over her. Um, I think I've, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but my daughter just happened to be at a Christian retreat with me just for one session. And I was listening to a, a pastor. His name was Matt Popovitz. He was in New York at the time, but I don't know where he is now. And he mentioned that He went into his little girl's room every night and he put a little cross on her forehead and said, good night, you are a baptized child of God. And um, Callie was little at the time. She was probably only like 10. And she basically, I don't know if she said it full out, but she said, like, mommy, we should do that. And so to this day, if I go into her room at bedtime and do that, I say, Callie, you are a baptized child of God. She just settles into those words. Our kids need, ooh thank goodness for the pause button on podcast recording. I just got choked up. <laughs> but our kids need to hear truth spoken over them in a world where they are hearing so much bull, you know what. They have got to hear the truth of who they are. They need to dispel the lies that the enemy brings to their brain and that the world perpetuates. And you as their mother can be empowered to do that, to speak life over them, to speak truth over them, and to not let them get robbed away by what the world says, but what God says about them. I know a lot of you are struggling. I know that some of your kids are struggling. Mental health crisis is so much worse, or we just know more about it. I'm not sure which. I found a statistic that said 18.08% of youth ages 12 to 17 report suffering from at least one major depressive episode in the last year. Now, I'm not sure exactly what that means, but childhood depression is more likely to persist into adulthood if gone untreated. And I'm not trying to scare you or to say that, you know, your child is really not doing well, but I do think that we need to be aware that our brains are not meant to take in everything that these children's brains are taking in and that we just need to be on guard and we need to be intentional And there's going to be grace because God loves our children even more than we do. They are baptized children of his. They are sealed with his word and his promise. And I just think that that can help motivate us and make us feel secure that they were given to us for a reason. And that we can do some of these things really intentionally to make sure that their hearts are secure in our families in God, and that their futures are going to be prosperous and happy. (laughs) So it is a lot. Um, If you are struggling right now, maybe with a child, or um, I love coaching with children. I have always loved that age group, that tween, middle-age, high school. If you are wanting to talk to me about maybe doing a coaching session with your daughter Um, I don't work with boys quite so much, but I would be happy to talk about it if that is something that you are interested in. Um, Go, my Calendly link is always in the show notes. Go ahead and book just a 30-minute call that we can talk to see maybe if it's something that I would be capable of or if it's something that requires a therapist. I would always kind of pass that on because I am not a therapist, but a coaching process just to open the door a little bit of talking to someone that is not as intimidating maybe as a therapist is really good to get that line of communication open either with your child or just your child or just you. And so we only can walk the roads that we have walked. And having teenage children has been very eye-opening. They are just little adults with little kids hearts and they just need so much love. And so please reach out if that is something that you are in need of or would just like to chat. I hope that you are feeling refilled after being at The Well Podcast. Please take a second and fill out a review. This is the only way that we know if you're enjoying the podcast and what you're enjoying about it. Also subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. And we would love to have you in our Facebook community group. The link is in each episode. We are better together at the well.